The Detroit Free Press presents Talkin' Lions, your audio home for all things Honolulu blue and silver. Here is your host from the Detroit Free Press, Dave Burkett. Dave Burkett here along with Sean Windsor. Uh, Perhaps we'll be joined by our colleague Carlos Menares at some point today, Sean. And uh, look, I got to say, it it feels like I went 12 rounds with Tyson or something. I mean, the, the last four weeks have been quite the offseason, new coach, new GM, all those searches. And finally, the biggest piece of news yesterday, a quarterback trade, Matthew Stafford, the Lions send him to the Los Angeles Rams for Jared Goff and three draft picks, a third rounder this season and first rounders in 2022 and 2023. And let's just dive into it, Sean. I mean, your, your first, your initial reaction to the deal, I think we all knew a trade was coming. The Lions definitely had some other first round picks on the table and, and picks in 2021, but they choose to to take a, a future futuristic view, I guess, of, of things. And I don't know, what do you think about the deal that they made, the value that they got in return for a pretty good quarterback? Well, there, there are a few things going on. First of all, I think Carl's is not here because a lot of Lions fans, uh, you know, at least the initial reaction, they love this trade. He does not want to share in any kind of happiness at all. <laughs> He's trying that? to digest how, how negative to go, right? He's trying yeah, to read exactly. and figure out yeah, what he should say. Exactly. He doesn't want any part of any kind of hope at all. So uh, I guess, you know, in keeping with his uh, persona, whether it's real or not, I guess uh, that makes some, uh, that makes some sense. He's not here to defend himself. So we can just say it isn't. Yeah. We can say, we can say whatever he wants. Although I did see a message that he, uh, he may want to join us here. So I think uh, in in a vacuum, look, I, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you get two first round picks, you get a third round pick. Is this the NBA draft necessarily? Right. Where, uh, you know, the, the, the best talent is almost always at the top of the draft, or at least the, the first half of the draft. And the NFL, clearly, you can get stars in the first several rounds. And, and uh, obviously, in, in late in the second or late in the first round, which is likely what these two picks will be, right? Assuming right. Matthew Stafford stays healthy in LA, um, that team was a playoff team this year. And adding him, they could be obviously a lot better. So I think you kind of have to plan on that. To me, what that says, Dave, is that Brad Holmes is betting on himself, right? He's betting on, uh, yeah, and so is Dan Campbell, the the new coach. They're they're betting that they can identify talent that they, as long as they have as many swings as possible, right? Even though it's gonna, probably going to be in the mid twenties where they're picking with these two first round picks, that uh, they're going to be able to spot an eye and sort of evaluate and figure out who they want as part of this uh, sort of, you know kind of culture they're trying to build. Yeah, no, I, I think you're 100 percent right about Brad Holmes betting on himself and in this regime really betting on itself. I mean. You know, I go back to I talked to Dan Campbell uh, yesterday morning before the trade, and, and that's essentially what he said, you know, that that he said, we are looking two years out, three years out. That's the sort of approach that they're taking to this. And, and I think that's what the deal was rather than get one first round pick now, uh, which, look, you know, I think there's always more value in the present than in the future. But rather than get one first round pick now, they gambled that having two down the road, plus having a quarterback that. You know, look, say what you want about him, but he's still 26 years old. He did play in a Super Bowl two years ago. That that there's some value to to maybe seeing what you have there and solving your quarterback, you know, position down the road, or or at least giving yourself options at the quarterback position. Because I think we all agree that is still the most important part of any rebuild. That's still the most important thing the Lions need to do this offseason is get that quarterback position right. It's just they bought themselves some time. They didn't back themselves into the corner of having to to pick somebody at number seven with Matthew Stafford gone. So, um, you know, I think the the on the whole, um, I, I, I hesitate to call it a win because 
you know, again, you're taking on a big contract, you know, my thoughts on golf. I just, I don't see him as he's definitely not an upgrade from Stafford. I hope it doesn't stunt what they want to do at the quarterback position, but I do like the fact that they have all this extra draft capital to play with now uh, for when it, when it might really matter for them and being a competitive team down the road in the future. No, for sure. And that third round pick matters too. I mean, you know, you think about uh, Kenny Galladay was a third round pick, right? I mean, there, there are plenty of, uh, there are plenty of great players that come out of the third round. So just again, having another swing at it. As far as golf, I mean, you know, at this point, what they have for two years and if they want to like let them go after that they don't have to worry about having the money set against the cap um and and that's a good thing so two years isn't that long next year they can roll them out and see what they have and and maybe he's uh, a little bit better than he had been in the last couple of years in los angeles what's interesting dave just thinking about him real quickly and just again get back to the nature of quarterbacks is he really looked like one of the great young quarterbacks there for a minute didn't he but it maybe turns out that the team around him was was really, really good. And if some of those weapons changed or left, he began to struggle. And Sean McVay, I mean, let's not, um, you know, forget about his impact on it all. I think Sean McVay is, is one of the, you know, handful of best offensive play callers in the league. And, and you're right. You know, they, they obviously look, Todd Gurley was playing at an, an elite level that, that year when they made the Super Bowl until obviously he got hurt at the end. Um, but, you know, they, they had a good cast of wide receivers around him, a very good offensive line. But that's what it takes a lot of times, right? That's what it takes for a quarterback to be successful. And so we see what he's capable of, maybe if the Lions build the right team around him. And, you know, I, I think, you know, we were talking a little bit sort of before we, we started taping this, that you look at some of the, 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 the teams that have had sustained success, right? And, and I mean, the quarterback is, is such a big part of all of them. But even in the case of some of the, uh, you know, I guess the the dynasties or, or teams that would 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 be uh, competitive for a long time here in the NFL. They started off by having a really good defense and letting their young quarterback grow into who he became. Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. You know, Seattle had that really good defense at the start. Even golf here. I mean, when you know Aaron Donald is a three time Defensive Player of the Year. So maybe this is you know what the Lions end up doing is they try to build all these other areas of the team first. And, and then, you know, with that extra draft capital they have, presumably they can maneuver around a little bit to, to get their quarterback of the future. I still think it's in play this year. You know, uh, you know, league source said yesterday that they wouldn't rule it out from the Lions, uh, ru- wouldn't rule out the Lions drafting the position this year. But ultimately, you know, there are, they'll have many options in the draft, including potentially trading down at some point and adding more picks. Right. But they certainly don't have to get the quarterback. Uh, this coming, you know, this this cycle, right? I mean, and that's kind of one thing this trade did is it, it, you mentioned it bought them a little bit of time. And speaking of uh, the idea of kind of building a defense and, and building out a culture and a team and guys that mesh, to use Campbell's phrase, Jay Campbell's phrase, he mentioned, uh, I mean, obviously they traded with Los Angeles. Campbell comes from New Orleans. He's mentioned them. But I don't know if you saw these comments. I, I assume he did. Dan Campbell mentioned another organization, uh, Kansas City with Andy Reid and when he got there and they built competitive teams, right? Playoff teams. They weren't contending necessarily Super Bowl teams, but they were competitive playoff type teams with Alex Smith and tried to get those pieces. So then when they went and found their quarterback a couple of years later, however long it was a year or two years later, I can't remember, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he's kind of coming into a place where they had all this young talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And um, so that's another, 
well, kind of philosophy that we've heard talked about. Did you hear those comments? Yeah, I, I don't completely buy that. I mean, you know, Dan, you know, he told me, I mean, he just loved Patrick Mahomes on, on tape, right? That they, when they were going through the draft meetings that, uh, you know, I mean, the Saints were going to draft Mahomes if the Chiefs didn't trade up in front of him. And Mahomes is a special talent. And he's right, you know, that, that they were a, a competitive team. I think they made the playoffs four straight years before Mahomes got there and took over. So they were a good team. But they didn't become a great team, what you really want to be, until you nailed the quarterback, until they That's nailed true. the quarterback when they hit Mahomes. So the Lions were in a situation, I mean, not unlike what Kansas City was in before Patrick Mahomes' arrival, where they were competitive. And I don't mean this year, you know, the past couple of years when they were sub 500, but under Jim Caldwell, that's what they were. They were that, you know, mediocre nine and seven type team contending team, you know, maybe you bump up and win 11 games one year and you have a good team and you, but in order to really sustain success in the NFL, you can start with that defense and you can use that as a building block, but in order to sustain success in the NFL, you need to nail the quarterback position and you need to find I mean, certainly it helps to have a great, right? A Tom Brady or a Patrick Mahomes, those guys are generational. But even beyond that, <laughs> to have an elite guy. And that's what I think. Um, no one would argue that Jared Goff is that right now. Uh, and, and no one would argue that Matthew Stafford is that. But again, by, by making this trade, you know, maybe they, they give themselves the options of, of having some of this extra draft capital. They, they buy themselves some time so that, you know, maybe they can find this guy over the next one, two, three years, drafts, whatever it is, in order to to be that that team that that you know contends on an annual basis. And no, Carlos, let's let's welcome Carlos in now, Sean. I don't know if you can see that on your your phone, but no, I cannot. Yeah, Mr. Sleepyhead joined us here, so you know he's uh, it was a long night for him, I'm sure. You know he's a he's a LA guy initially, so you know he was probably reveling in some some Rams, you know, whatever. Safford going to his his favorite team. I know his favorite quarterback and, and probably his favorite team together now. Right, Carlos? You just, you know, like, yeah. Shedding a tear for Detroit and happy, happy for your, your Rams. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I was just, I was buying all the staff merchant, Stafford of merchandise on Rams.com. So <laughs> I bought it all. I have we, the we helmet, just, the jersey. I'm all in. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't think you wanted to be any part of any kind of hope for the Lions fans. So that's why you were skipping the video. You know what I mean? So what, what I don't know what you Carlos? I don't know what you guys have talked about, but I disagree with all of it. So <laughs> we figured as much. So, oh, so here's how I mean, you guys how uh, you guys address the whole thing of I mean, this is uh, kind of sort of swapping contracts, I guess, and you know, off is the problem for the Rams. I mean, it, I feel I find it weird. And Dave, you and I joked about this on text about the. Get Goff, aren't they? Because Holmes <laughs> had a hand in selecting Jared Goff. Jared Goff, excuse me. But um, I mean, Lex Mead was basically saying this guy's a, a broken pinto out by the curb, and we'll even. Well, I don't even know if we're going to try to start it again. I mean, he's the quarterback for now. It's a beautiful mystery. All these. I mean, he was trolling his own quarterback who helped lead him to the Super Bowl a few years ago. Um, obviously, this is a problem for the Rams. How how does it help the Lions? Do you think? Well, no, I think, look, I mean, that's certainly a major component of it. And, and we did sort of, you know, uh, hint at that early on or talk about that early on that, I mean, this was a salary dump from the Rams standpoint. Right. And, and yeah, but with a first round pick attached, right. Yes. So. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's, we've seen it in the NBA. We've seen it in the NFL before Brock Osweiler, right. Where you take on a salary and we give you a draft pick to do it. And this is a little, a little different situation. I mean, Jared Goff is not devoid of value, right. He still started on a playoff team most of last year and he did play in the Super Bowl two years ago, but Carlos, I'm with you. I, I don't, 
I don't think Jared Goff is in any way, shape or form the long-term solution for the Lions at the quarterback position. And while they may be hoping that Goff helps keep them competitive in the, the meantime, uh, you know, in the near term, I, I do think that if they are being honest with themselves, they and I, and I do think they are that they realize they still need to find a long-term solution at the position. And this is just, you know, Dan Campbell, what, what he had told me yesterday morning was that, you know, they are taking this long-term view of things that they're looking two years down the road, three years down the road. And in that regard, you know, Sean made the point before they are betting on Brad Holmes ability to draft the right players and bring the right people into the organization, knowing that they're not going to be competitive in 2021 or not competitive to the, the, you know, the, the heights they, they hope to reach and probably not in 2022 either. They are, they are taking the approach that they need someone. They are building this team for 2025. And that doesn't mean they're not going to be competitive along the way, but when they're really going to be the team they want to be is two, three, four, five years down the road. And what my, my concern about it is how much of a problem does Jared Goff become draft a quarterback this year in the first round? They take whoever fields Haskins, whoever, um, or if they even take him next year. I mean, Goff, Goff is in the same boat as Stafford, but, you know, probably he wants another contract. You know, he needs to play. He can't just sit around and be the backup and, you know, I mean, is that going to create a problem in the locker room or for the team if you have a guy that you just are spending a godly amount of money on? That's a cap issue a little bit. And the guy is mad because he doesn't want to – he's not going to be able to play. He's supposed to be a mentor or – giving up playing time to some younger guy. Well, I, you know, I think that's a, a bridge to cross way down the road. I mean, you know, maybe the Lions draft somebody this year and, and certainly look, Jared Goff is already on notice by being traded from the Rams, right? Like you can see the writing on the wall or, or to your point, you know, he knew the writing on the wall when, when Sean McVay and Les Snead were making the comments they made after the season and not committing to him. So I don't, I don't think there's any secret about that. He just got paid. I mean, the, his, his, four-year extension starts in 2021. Yes, he signed it, what, you know, a year and a half ago, but it, but it starts in terms of actual value, you know, this coming up season. So that's why the Rams wanted to get out of it. I mean, they, they, it was a, it was a huge albatross, you know, from a financial standpoint and the lions, frankly, they will be paying Jared Goff more in 2021 than the Rams will be paying Matthew Stafford. So uh, in order, you know, that financial component of it made it, um, necessary for the Lions to get the extra first round pick that financial component plus the component that they are waiting a year to get a first round pick right that's why uh, this is two first round picks so look uh, as I said before I don't think this is a I wouldn't call this a win-win I mean I, I don't know if it's a win from the Lions standpoint it doesn't feel like a loss so I don't I'm not being you know critical of it because I I think I don't think the Lions were going to contend in 2021 or 2022 so I, I do like the long-term approach but um, you know, I, I wouldn't be jumping for joy saying this is the best trade, you know, ever, you know, consummated either. Well, those those later first round picks, Carlos, are they're not quite as easy to hit on. Right. I mean, and that's where to me, Holmes is kind of betting on himself. Do you guys have any uh, curiosity at all about Holmes is coming from an organization that extended a quarterback who's been, who was in their own house that they couldn't clearly see? I mean, that, that that's a little odd, isn't it? I mean, I know he went to a Super Bowl, but maybe they struggled to separate out golf from all those fabulous pieces they had. I shouldn't say pieces. They're human beings, right? Players. A couple of years ago when they went to the Super Bowl and and for him to drop off so quickly, which he did the very next year. You know, I will say they, this. I'm sorry to interrupt. Sorry. I, I just want to say this on that, that 
I think what we're seeing maybe a little bit here these last two seasons is that um, teams realize that the only quarterbacks worth keeping, right, are the elite quarterbacks, right? Tom Brady, you build around because he's going to win you, you know, six championships. Patrick Mahomes, the guy's a generational talent, right? You can take a run at some of these teams, or I'm sorry, you can take a run at other teams when you have a very good quarterback, right? And you can sustain that for some, you know, shorter period of time, you know, maybe not the Patriots dynasty, or maybe not what the Chiefs dynasty looks like it could be, but you can, you can make a run at it. But if you don't have that guy, it's okay to move on from them, right? And that's what that's what we've been talking about with Stafford for the last five, six years, that Matthew Stafford was that type of quarterback, right? Keep him counting, Carlos, because it is. That's that's what we've been talking about, that, that Stafford was a good player, but he wasn't an elite player. And so at what point do you as an organization realize it's not working here with that player and move on and try to do something else? And the Lions you know, it took them a while to realize it. And they probably wouldn't have realized it unless Matthew Stafford went to them and said, I want to be traded. But I think it's the right thing to do because that's exactly what the Rams did. And in the Rams just had the foresight to say, you know what we had, to, we felt like we had to sign this guy because he led us to a Super Bowl, and he's better than a lot of other options out there. But when the opportunity came along for them to move on from him and to, to upgrade at the position, they did it. No questions asked. Didn't matter what the cost was. They realized that Jared Goff was not, he's not an elite quarterback. He's not that Patrick Mahomes type guy that you're going to build around for a decade plus. Matthew Stafford wasn't either. The Lions tried to build around him for a decade, for 12 years. Uh, it didn't work for those 12 years. And now they're going in a different direction with a placeholder and Jared Goff until they find the guy that they want to build around or until they find a guy that they, they decide to try to build around for that extended period of time. Hey, Carlos, let me ask you a question um, because I know how much you love Stafford. I was actually working on a column um, about Tom Brady and how in some way he's still sort of weirdly underrated, which I know sounds kind of counterintuitive. But anyway, so I, I put this column together and I was kind of trying to figure out what makes him different, say, from a guy like Stafford. And I wrote about some of this, and we ended up shelving the column for now. I'm going to have to tweak a little bit because of the news. But um, one thing I did, Carlos, was kind of look at at the numbers, say, from Stafford from and Brady next to each other from 2011 on, and they're fairly similar except for the year that, uh, that Stafford got hurt. The one difference is interceptions. But forget that for a second, Carlos. Of the last twelve years, or the last twelve years, Brady played New England only three times with the defense not top fifteen, and four or five of those times they were top five. I just want—I mean, Stafford had once right where there was a top five defense. Everything else was either twenties or higher. Maybe there was one year in the teens. And uh, don't you think that makes a difference? I guess, Carlos. My point is, and you're an LA guy. We finally we we get to see this is an experiment in sort of fandom, right? Well, if this guy had these players. What would he be like? Well, now Stafford has these players. So I'm curious what you think about that. Well, first of all, I hear you saying is that Matt Patricia is really the secret to Tom Brady's success. I mean, he <laughs> wasn't a coordinator for that whole time. But, yeah, no, it's, it, even when they were giving up all those yards those last few years of the run under Patricia in New England, they were still – their scoring defense was still top top five, top ten. Yeah. No, you know what? I, I looked at some of those numbers for Stafford, too, and I think the last two times that they made the playoffs, they had really good, I think, I'm the top 10 defenses, I'm pretty sure, in points. Um, are well, well, one year was mid-teens, but the other year was like number three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, definitely it's complimentary football, and the Rams have a great defense. You know, they obviously feel, you know, they're, they're a quarterback, a 
a non-elite quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl or making a good run at it. Um, what's the difference between Tom Brady and Stafford? I mean, you know, you know, I, I haven't seen this Brady play every game, you know, but Stafford's a stat king. I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, let's just face it. A lot of these things, he gets credit for all these fourth quarter comebacks. Well, to make a comeback, you got to be behind. To be behind, that means you're going to be throwing the ball a lot and you're going to get a lot of yards and you're going to, you know, so a lot of these, a lot of these statistics, um, you know, I don't think you can just judge a quarterback on statistics. And Stafford's no, you can't franchise record. Um, I put up a poll on Twitter the other day just for fun, saying who's the best franchise quarterback in Lions history: Bobby Lane or Matthew Stafford? And eighty percent for Matthew Stafford, which is which is an insult to every player who ever played the end of the game in the NFL, especially in the fifties, who knew Bobby Lane and saw him play. I got some, I got some emails from people saying I saw Bobby Lane play older people, obviously, you know, I was young, whatever, but you know, it's disgusting. Like Bobby Lane was 10 times a player. Stafford was, it's a different era. Um, but I think that's, I think that's important, Sean, though, is your quarterback has to fit with your team. You know, I mean, you don't need, you don't need to have 11 Aaron Donalds and 11 Tom Brady's or 11 Patrick Mahomes. These people, these these team these these teams have to work complementary, and sometimes sometimes a Joe Flacco is good enough to get you to win you a Super Bowl if he's playing well at the right time. You know, it's nice to think. I mean, what Dave is saying about you know you want these generational quarterbacks. How often do they come around? They don't come around very often. Generation, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then they don't they don't shake loose very often. You know, that's another thing. So that's why Aaron Rodgers and Brady and guys and like Breeze never leave their teams except for obviously Brady this last year, you know, which is stupid. Should have been a lion three years ago, but, um, but yeah, that's the, I, suggest it. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if you want to, I, I agree with Dave in that you, when, when he's not the guy, you've got to ignore all of Kelly Stafford's Instagrams and all of the baby pictures and all the good job working at the soup kitchen and, and the whole image that you create about being a good teammate, you got to forget all that and say, is this really the guy? Is he working for us? When we've had good defenses, you know, does he capitalize on that? You know, and if, and if the answer is, I'm not sure, then you got to move on. You got to have the backbone in the personnel department. And the problem is when you're changing coaches every three years, those coaches want to win. They don't want to like rebuild. They don't want to do that. This is the first time probably because you have a new owner who's finally told this new regime, you need to rebuild this. We need to start over. And I'm pretty sure they were going to trade Stafford. It wasn't going to be, you know, like we had, gee, Matthew, we hadn't thought about that. You're going to be 33. Uh, you know, you, you tripped on an owie and couldn't play a game anymore. Uh, you barely made it through the season. You made it through half a season. You know, I'm sure they were thinking it's time to move on. It was just, this was all Stafford forcing their hand to go public and to say, I need to get out of here and I need to get out of here as soon as possible. I'm not going to wait for the lions to, you know, play poker at the poker table and be quiet. And maybe it does. And I don't, in a way I don't blame Stafford because I don't know. I trust the lions to make the right move at the right time. So he wanted out. I understand that. Um, but he's got to work, you know, and the problem with the Rams, the, the problem that Stafford's going to have with the Rams is the same problem you have with the lions. He doesn't have 10 all pros around him. He doesn't have as much help around him as he as everybody says that he needs. That he was never given the pieces. You know, well, and have the pieces, and the Rams are mortgaging their future because they don't have a lot of draft picks now, and they're not going to have a lot of draft picks because of, to to get him. 
So he better do it all himself. And as we've seen in 12 years, he can't do it all by himself. So what are you talking about? He's got a he's got a great defense. And who has done it by himself? What's Patrick Mahomes without Kelsey and Tyreek Hill? Seriously. Well, he's what, Patrick what's Mahomes, Mahomes is, he can put up 45 points, whatever it was in that one game against the the Patriots a few was the last year or the year before where they it was like a gunslinging game and yeah, and he had Kareem Hunt on that Ravens. team, didn't he? Right? I mean, who's I'm just I'm just making the point. What's Mahomes if he's throwing the guys that can't get open? I'm just curious. Now, look, I understand you're talking about Stafford. Is he the guy that is going to get you a third and seven late in the third quarter when you're down a touchdown and you need that drive to stay in the game? Otherwise, you go down two scores. How often do we see that, right? No, he's he, he doesn't always get that third and seven or that third and eight or whatever. And maybe Brady does, and maybe, and maybe that's the difference. Stafford, though, can make throws Brady can't I, I don't know it's just it's it's so you're right you're talking about complimentary football there's so many moving parts there's still people in the NFL that think Stafford can be elite and I know that's crazy to say after 12 years I don't know that he is we'll see all I do know is that if the defense is there and it was there one time for him and a second time that was sort of okay the second time when he had an okay defense he was spectacular offensively they got to the playoffs and lost to New Orleans but, uh, you know, the, the couple times there have been decent parts around and they got to the playoffs. So it's going to be interesting to see. I just want to say, please, neither one of you ever compare Stafford or any golf or any of these quarterbacks to Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. Ever. No, no, no. I'm not doing that at all. I'm just saying what separates them. The best winner in sports, you know, bar none, that we've seen in our lifetimes, right? I mean, he just he's, – he's a competitor that – that gets it done, whatever the stage, whatever the circumstances. And, and why is that, Dave? That's actually what I was trying to write about, and, and that'll run later this week. But but what is It's not just his throwing, right? He changes the culture of an entire organization. Yeah. And we, and we yeah. discount that. And Stafford didn't do that when he was younger, when he was wearing his cap backwards. And, right, I mean, he wasn't clicking with his guys. I mean, it, it, I, mean I hate to say that, but it's true. Dicka, we got Dicka with us, Carlos. But no, you're right. I mean, it, it really, like, it's him. That's who Tom Brady is. Like, he has this effect on the organization, right? That's why he's there. Like, that's who Patrick Mahomes is, too. Patrick Mahomes is a, he is, a, Tony Romo made this this comparison the other day, right? He said this is like the, uh, and I'll probably write about this at some point, right? This this is LeBron playing Michael Jordan, right? Like, they, they are the, I mean, that's exactly what it is, where it's the best quarterback of the last generation, you know, Tom Brady, and the best quarterback of this generation, the only guy that, that could be the heir apparent that are clashing in on the biggest stage imaginable. Like, they are the two, it, no offense to Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck or some of these other great quarterbacks that have come along, and, and uh, Aaron Rodgers, they are going to go down in history as maybe the two best quarterbacks ever. So we should take them out of any conversation that we have when it comes to these guys, because no one is going to do that. And so every other team is trying to compete with that and they can do it with a good quarterback, you know, maybe a, a kind of great quarterback if they have the right pieces around them. And that's what the lions are trying to find, knowing that it's going to be unlikely that they're going to find that Patrick Mahomes, but you have to take a swing and, and maybe you do come up with that guy. But in the meantime, you got to, you got to put the right pieces around them and you have to find the right personalities to be a part of that in order to compete and potentially win big. Can you find Russell Wilson? You know, right. Yes. No, that's you see that you can definitely find a Russell Wilson. You can find guys of that caliber and that's what the lions have. Look, if you find Mahomes, then that's a generational thing, right? I mean, it, Mahomes, Brady, even to a lesser extent, you know, Rodgers, Favre, I mean, those are all elite quarterbacks, and that's why the Packers have been great for 30 straight years. But you don't, if you don't have that great, great quarterback, first ballot, 
Jim Brown and sit down Hall of Famer, right? Then you have to have a very good quarterback to have sustained success. And that's a guy like a Russell Wilson. That's a guy, uh, you know, like, like some of these other guys that have had Ben Roethlisberger that we've seen their teams have really good success, but that have had both because of them and because of the parts around them. Go ahead, Carlos. Uh, is it a little early to be calling Patrick Mahomes no. rational? No. Third year, fourth year, fourth year starting? Third year starting. He's that Third good. Year starting. He's, He's won one Super Bowl, Dave. I mean, if he doesn't win another Super Bowl and maybe Andy Reid retires in a few years and then, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, Kyle Shanahan goes back or something. I don't know. Like, is it? No, his book is not written on Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he looks amazing, but maybe not written on how great he's better. Been. Maybe Deshaun Watson ends up better. He's, no, Patrick Mahomes. I, there was a graph that ESPN showed, uh, what, two weeks ago, last week, right? The Chiefs are playing the Bills and they gave the Bills the quarterback edge. And I couldn't. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback that we may have ever seen. Like, that's how he's going to go down. Whoa. That's how he's going to go down. Whoa. Carlos Brady is a bigger, better winner right now, but Patrick Mahomes is the – he could equal that. That's how good Patrick Mahomes is. Well, I'm with you, Carlos, a little bit. Mahomes is really fun to watch, and he makes all sorts of ridiculous shows. By the way, let's shout out to our uh, – to the Twitter presence, the Lions the, – the great Lions fan, uh, Andy, the world of Isaac, who spent the season often taking a video of a, of a Mahomes throw and then showing this almost the exact same throw Stafford would make. And say, oh, and here's the silence, and here's the gushing. And I know that's sort of a ridiculous comparison, but if you do look at some of the throws, they're there. So it's clearly not just that. That that's not what separates them out. But I am with I'm with you, Carlos, a little bit. I want to see Mahomes throwing to guys like Brady threw to in New England when Gronkowski missed the playoff run, example, right? And he didn't have a downfield threat. Is he still going to win with uh, slot receivers? You know, and Tyree Kill's not 20 yards wide open down the field. Hey, I, I grant you that that he has some very good weapons around him and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. He's and, got the fastest receiver in the history of the league and maybe the best receiving, pure receiving tight end in the history of the league. No offense to Gronkowski, who's probably a better all-around tight end. But those two those two things by themselves, plus he had a great running back. And a great coach. Andy Reid's an excellent play caller. A fabulous coach, yeah. So yeah, I'm he, calling Tony Gonzalez right now, but go ahead, yeah. No, he's been surrounded by some, some, you know, by a fantastic supporting cast. He's in the right situation, but I don't think you can ignore the, not just the talent, but what he's done his first year starting, he was MVP and he went to the AFC championship game and he was what an offsides penalty away from being in the Super Bowl. His second year, he won a Super Bowl and he was MVP of the Super Bowl because he led a late game comeback year three. He's in the Super Bowl again, and he's playing Tom Brady again. And this is, it's not only him, but Patrick Mahomes, I think you could talk to anyone in the NFL, is a special, special talent, special, special player. And he I is. Absolutely. But no, to for sure he is. Generational no. talent. No, I mean, three it's years made. in. <laughs> well, no, he's no, I'm with you, Dave. In 10 years. I mean, you know, that's, that's, I, no, Dave, I, I, hope, I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I, I'm sorry, but I, I, I don't wish Patrick Mahomes any ill, but I kind of wish that he retires after this year. So he has to start the conversation. He's going to tell the Kansas City writer to shut up. I got this. Four years. He was amazing. He got me a lot of fantasy points. Oh, wait, I'm not. that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> First ballot. By Patrick the way, the, Le, the, LeBron, the LeBron Jordan comparison, I think you need to flip that, Dave, 
Brady is LeBron, right? I mean, Jordan and, and, and Mahomes, if you're going to say Jordan, excuse me, you use that, Jordan's Mahomes or Mahomes is Jordan because Mahomes has a little bit more pure physical talent. No, no, I, I just mean it from the standpoint of uh, – I know what you meant, but I'm just saying Brady's like, the one that makes I, people around him better. LeBron came into the NBA. You're a basketball guy, Sean. We all know that. Tom Izzo's online too. Um, we, we all came in – He's struggling, by the way. Yeah, he came into this this league. LeBron came into to, – to the NBA chasing Jordan's greatness, both team success and individual success. That's what Patrick Mahomes is. He came into the NFL chasing Tom Brady's greatness, both both individual success and team success. And this is, I mean, they are clashing head to head for probably maybe the, the last time ever. And for Patrick Mahomes to surpass, Tony Romo's point was for Patrick Mahomes to surpass Tom Brady, he needs to beat Tom Brady head to head. It's not a, just about winning six or seven Super Bowls or whatever, but it's also I beat him head to head on the, the the biggest stage imaginable. I did it. I took down the goat. Now I can be the goat. Who's gonna win? Well, by the way, we're talking nothing about the Lions. Well, right well now. let me let me let me clarify the basketball thing one final time. Is the the analogy is really it's it's LeBron against Steve Kerr because this is what I love about the NFL is that. You can have the 199th pick and call him the best ever. And by the way, we almost screwed it up. And if Drew Brees doesn't almost die on the field, Tom Brady never even sees the field. And we're the history. You mean Bledsoe? Different. So by accident, even the genius of Bill Belichick somehow stumbled upon the best player in, in NFL history. So, dude, dude, Mahomes went 10th. So that means nine other teams had no – right? They didn't know. I mean, Dan Campbell was talking about yeah. that since going to take him or whatever. But Mahomes was 10th. And there's no way Kansas City knew exactly what they were getting, right? I no, know they no. tried to I, I, get them. No, this happens all the time. You're, you know, Exactly. And it's not their Marino, fault. There's no all way. These guys. It's a guessing game, right, Carlos? It's not their yeah. fault. I mean, they, they, right? They don't know. I mean, you're, you're trading you're trading the the Lambs, Rams and Lions are trading two number one overall picks who didn't work out for either team. I mean what half of them don't work out. Right? Probably more. Yeah, yeah. no. Right? I mean, Dave, you know this, right? I mean, you, these, these teams as, as smart as they are, they don't know, and it's not their fault. It's just it's how do you decide who can handle a, a pocket in the NFL? versus uh, how they handle it in college. That leap from that college pocket to the NFL pocket is like a mystery. And that's why. It, it's it's nothing more than that. You can see the arm talent, the throws they can make, their mobility, whatever. You can measure all that stuff, see all that stuff. But can you relax in the pocket? And how do you measure that? You can't. And, Sean, and that's why they're 50-50. What? I was going to say, I think it goes to your, your broader point, too, that uh, for whatever – talent and skills you see on the field, even if you can see the anticipation and, and you can sort of get into the brain and how they think a little bit, you don't know what's inside. And that's the most important part of this whole thing and how they become, not only how they become a winner, but how they bring everyone else along with them to be a winner. And, and that's the, the thing that no one knew when they took Tom Brady in the sixth round and no one knew when they took Patrick Mahomes, you know, at number 10, they certainly hoped or maybe thought that he had some of that in him, but I don't think anyone no, yeah, and Mahomes' swagger is just, right? And maybe you can see that a little bit, but, but yeah, his ability to process information, relax and all that. And Brady Brady had that aura almost immediately. You know the stories about him telling Kraft, this is the best decision your, your organization, excuse me, organization ever made. I mean, that's crazy for a 22-year-old to say that. But he did, and he backed it up. And it's just, uh, but yeah, yeah, how do you measure that? You and I can probably see that in Carlos. That kind of greatness, right? When Gene Myers, that's what I told Gene Myers when he hired me. 
there's probably there's probably 20 undrafted free agents who tell our owners that in training camp every year you're not this is the best decision you ever made um here's a question though is dave you said this and you talked to campbell about this about the you know we want a leader and people to gravitate toward them and brings you know isn't that asking too much because i i've never liked that in the nfl that they put that on the quarter the quarterback already has so much on his plate it's an unreasonable position and it's only become more and more intensified. You don't see it in any other sport. They don't demand that from any player in any other sport, but th- in football, it's like, you've got to be the King. You got to be the King, the emperor, the general, the, the, the PTA mom who makes the cookies. You got to do everything. And frankly, as we know, as we all know, it's not in most players, especially these, these days there, they don't like that pressure. And Stafford didn't like that pressure early on. You know, you this mythology around yourself that you're some great leader, some some coalescer of men and leader of men and all this. Like, is that a, an unfair expectation, especially draft a guy? No. It, go, it, no. But it goes with it. And by the way, it is true in other sports. In the NBA, the, the teams want their best player to be the leader and be and set the culture. And if they do and they can handle it, they're usually really good. And if they don't, then there are issues. I mean, I, what what's going on with the the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, right? He is he he is arguably the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. Maybe even more so than Mahomes in some ways. Some of the throws and some of what he does, it's just astounding. And they're good because he's so gifted naturally. But what is it about him and that relationship and that organization, right? What what does he not have? So look. Uh... Just the warning that we're getting the countdown clock on our Zooms as we <laughs> run along, just to let you guys know. So uh, just to answer your point, Carlos, I agree with Sean that, that yes, you need that in your – to achieve the ultimate success, sustainable you success, you need that in your players. And it's not wrong of it to ask it of your quarterback because – Look, A, players can look around the locker room and you can see, you know, whether you believe in the guy, whether you truly want, not just as a player, but but as a person. And and when you do, when both of those things mesh up, that's when you really want to follow that guy. And, and it, it goes in any any walk of life. And so I think it's I think it is important for you to find that that those skills, those traits in that position. And that doesn't mean that they you know, the day one, when they step in the building, every veteran will follow them and, and hang on their every word. But it does mean that you have the, the capability of doing that at some point. And, and the, the skills, the, the results on the field have to mesh up in order for that to work. So I think it's a fair ask. I think it's a fair thing that to, uh, to want in your quarterback. Um, and, you know, if again, what you're aiming for is greatness, uh, I think that's one of the areas that you absolutely need to find. So look, let's, let's, since we only have a couple minutes left on this, let's uh, let's sort of wrap this up by swinging it forward a little bit, right? Jared Goff, in all likelihood, is going to be the Lions' starting quarterback in 2021. Um, frankly, I don't I don't think the Lions will be very good in 2021. I mean, I think this is a you know we're we're in a you know a, a rebuilding mode. I just I guess I'm curious from you guys. Matthew Stafford's in LA, right? Jared Goff is here. The Lions don't have you know, they have three of the top 85 picks, the same thing that they had, you know, a day ago. So it's not like there's, there's a ton of help on the way until down the road in the future. So what do you guys want to see from this regime, uh, this team going forward? How competitive do you think they will be? What are your expectations for Jared Goff? Carlos? Um, not great. Um, I mean, he's just going to be, well, I mean, you know, he, I mean, I, 
honest, I haven't seen golf play a ton. I'm not watching Rams games every week, you know, but from what I've seen, from what I've heard, from from the little I saw, you know, when they played the 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 uh Seahawks and stuff, I mean he's he's okay. I mean he he's he has a good arm, you know, he can throw. Um they had a really good quarterback named Dre Fogue they should have drafted out of uh Ventura County College, I think they missed out on him. If you, it's a YouTube joke, if you guys know what I'm talking about, but um, he's serviceable. I mean, I think he's he's the guy who you know um, will get you. He's not going to lose you games. Hopefully, he'll be serviceable. But this this team is not going to be good. I mean, this is all about now. We're talking about 2022, and they're going to hopefully turn these extra first round picks from the Rams you know, trade back, turn them into more picks. They need a lot more draft capital. I would assume they might want to do that this year. I mean, I don't know, but it's going to be a slow rebuild and, you know, Goff's going to be okay. I mean, he's probably just an average quarterback in the NFL. I would say, you know, maybe a tick below average right now this last season. Um, But yeah, it's slow. I mean, I, like I've said, Dave, three years, I think 20, 2023, Three, right? Yeah, twenty twenty three. I think you, that's when we can expect to see a little something out of Lions. Sean, you got two minutes. I would just say real quickly, uh, like we were talking about at the beginning, Dave. They they want to take as many swings as they can in the draft. From that perspective, from that from that sense, this was a, a smart trade, a good trade, a, a couple of late round. We assume late round first picks. That third round pick, I, I think, matters too. And uh, it's going to be up to them to find the pieces. And build, as Dan Campbell's talking about, the model at Kansas City, New Orleans, what the Rams did, actually, building up these really good teams, these playoff-worthy teams, and then and then finding a quarterback. To sustain it, they got to hit on a quarterback. It's really that simple. It's, it's. I mean, we all know this. Anybody that spends any time watching the NFL knows this. That's really the ultimate goal. That's really the ultimate uh, thing that will determine whether they're going to have the sustained success that they're all talking about. Can they go find a quarterback? Because there are too many other moving pieces and parts of a team year in and year out to build that sort of defense out or the offensive line or whatever. That all moves too much. The constant is the quarterback. If they find it, then uh, yeah, they'll be competitive for 10 years. I, I echo that. I think the the quarterback decision is still the most important one that this franchise you know has to make and has to, to solve. And, and that's the the only way to sustainable success is to get that position right. Um, I will say this and and look again, I, I don't think this is a win yet for the Lions. I don't think it's a definitely don't think it's a loss because they they got multiple first round picks. But the one thing that Jared Goff can do, because I think it's important as much as we talk about tanking sometimes, I think it's important for especially when you're establishing a new culture. You don't want to be two and 14, right? You don't want to be three and 13. You don't want to be this team that is just at the bottom of the NFL. And while I don't think the Lions will be very good next year. I, I do think Jared Goff at least gives him the chance to be competitive. And so I think you need to have, you need to see some results in that regard where you need to have, have some wins, something that, that players, fans, everyone can hang their hats on to say, yep, I see it with my coach, with my general manager, with this program to believe in that going forward. So at least in Jared Goff, while I, while I, I do think he's just a placeholder for whoever they find at quarterback this year, next year, 2023, whatever, um, you know, I, I understand adding him to the mix for the, those reasons that can help this organization uh, at least get on the path to, to having success after everything it's been through the last several decades. So um, we'll leave it at that because we're, we're about out of time here on our, our Zoom. But uh, look, as I said at the, the jump, I mean, uh, we've, we've squeezed an entire offseason into the last four weeks. New regime, new coach, new general manager new quarterback, probably the, the biggest trade in franchise history. 
Uh, it's good for this to finally be over. Let's all take a little break after the Super Bowl. But there's a lot of Lions football, a lot of interesting football uh, to look forward to and interesting decisions to look forward to in the months ahead. For Sean Windsor, Carlos Menares, I'm Dave Burkett, Freak.com.